Welcome to Believe. I'm Sam Barry. I'm an internet entrepreneur and I'm here to help you discover what it takes to believe in yourself. You're listening to this show today because your time has come. People who were no smarter than you made everything around you that you call life. You were born with a remarkable dream. You were born to make an impact, but there was one thing stopping you, belief. Each week, we share a powerful message or guest from around the world. It's an honor having you here today. It's time to believe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the show that's about getting you to believe. It's 11 p.m. right now in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm excited. Actually, I'm super pumped to have Nick Onken on the line with me from New York. Nick, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. It's a nice, beautiful day here in New York, 9 a.m. It looks beautiful. <laughs> Bright um, and sunny. You can see the light coming through the windows. I'm a big light person. Looks lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can see, it's very dark out here. Um, yeah, looks like 11 p.m. over there. Yeah, yeah. It's legit. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> um, very nice. <laughs> Nick, you're a creative entrepreneur, like slash photographer who travels the world taking pictures and while creating moments hence your hashtag um yeah <laughs> create your <laughs> create your moments i love it i love it um you've also worked with celebs like you know justin beaver usher uh, jessica alba and for companies like nike adidas coke but um not to mention like you're 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 a jet setter you're always um, in different locations around the world, which um, I think is awesome. But it leads me to my first question. Which countries have you already visited in 2015? Uh, well, 2015, I, I visited a non-country, <laughs> but Explain. can you guess what, what non-country there is that you can visit? A non-country? Uh, is it like, is it high up, like north? In the northern it's hemisphere, no, it's very south. Very Antarctica. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's actually not a country, but it's my seventh and final continent. So it's very exciting to have been there. And we went there in January. I saw the <clears throat> I saw the photos. That looked stunning, like visual, visually stunning. Thank you, thank you. It was quite a trip. It's it's a trip like no other. I I. My friends got married down there, of all things, and uh, my my friend's a TV host in Taiwan, uh, and they were filming a show for Discovery Asia down there, and uh, they got married as part of the show. So they started out, they invited like 20 people, and then it just kind of grew and grew and grew, and, and it ended up being like 50 of us that wanted to go on the... Wow. Wanted to go on the excursion because I mean, when when else are you going to go to Antarctica? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> penguins, icebergs, and the whole nine. In incredible, incredible place to go. Incredible trip. But like, how do you do that? Like, how do you just decide to go Antarctica like that? Like, do planes even? Can you go by plane? Well, I apparently you can, but there's not. It's not commercial jets. It's private jets that are like cargo jets or cargo airlines and I think you have to go with like a big science expedition or some sort of thing like that but for the normal person that wants to go uh, you, you, there's tour companies that take you on a boat and you typically leave from Ushuaia which is the southernmost tip of Argentina 
So <clears throat> you fly down to Buenos Aires, and then you take another flight down to Ushuaia, which is in Patagonia. And then it's a 10-day excursion because it takes two days to get from the southern tip of, of from Ushuaia down to Antarctica. You have to cross through the Drake Passage, which is where the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans meet. Mm-hmm. So it's some of the roughest waters in the world. And the, the boat, we hit it at about a five, luckily. We actually like really lucked out with good weather and didn't hit any storms. And so we hit it about a five and the boat was still like doing this, but it's made for that. You know, the boat is made, it's like an expedition boat. It's a research boat, um, seats or it houses about a hundred guests and then the rest of its crew and, um, the engineers and all those guys that, that run the ship, but it's made, you know, it's not, it's not an icebreaker, but it's made to go through ice and, and through icebergs and kind of like through that kind of territory and through the, they have like balances inside the boat to counterbalance the rocking and sometimes you get hit by you know waves that come over over like 60 foot waves and it's it's actually built to go through that stuff yeah yeah pretty intense yeah it sounds it it sounds it and is it just like mostly nature and penguins or or, you know or, or is there an actual city in antarctica no, that's a very interesting thing. There's actually no civilization in Antarctica. It's it is um, it's not a country. It's protected by a treaty, uh, and the treaty mm. kind of keeps everybody from staking territory in the continent. Um, there are research bases placed on, like in different places, and we stopped at one. We stopped at a couple other research bases, um, but there's only like ten, ten or fifteen people there, and to get there, you, you have to like go by boat. So. We go through, we come down, we go through the Antarctic Channel or Peninsula. Yeah. And then we stop at different places. We sleep on the boat. Then they take us out in Zodiacs to land. That's how we make the landings mm. uh, because there's no, there's no docks or anything. So there's no way for the, the boat to get, the, that's the only way to get from the boat to the land. And yeah. there's just penguins. I mean, it's, it's incredible. There's, the penguins, are, you could watch them for hours. There's, you go through iceberg, went through iceberg alleys and cruise through. Um, it's just like epic blue icebergs. Uh, the 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 blue is, the icebergs are so dense that the only color that can get through them is this nuclear blue, and that's why they're so blue. It's pretty. It's 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 incredible. We we are, went into this bay and just were surrounded by humpback whales, like feeding, like fluking through the water. It was it was an epic experience. <laughs> Did. <you? laughs> Man, the photo, the photos prove it. The photos definitely prove it. They look amazing. Uh, Thank you. Did Thank you, you did you bring anything back? Um, I did not because you're actually not allowed to take anything, um, or leave anything. It's a very, you they you're instructed on the boat, and it's actually like illegal, protected by the treaty that you have to pick up every piece of garbage. You can't even go to the bathroom. Oh my <laughs> on, God land yeah. uh we actually camped out in the snow um and we slept overnight and they actually created our own like little latrine which was like a little bucket you had to go over <laughs> you, you weren't allowed to like just like pee anywhere <laughs> <laughs> so that said you can't touch the wildlife unless wow. they come up to you yeah uh you can't take anything you can't take a rock you can't take anything from land yeah. we did take some shots of of uh ukrainian moonshine at the uh ukrainian uh uh, research station okay all right sounds very interesting i love it i love it um yeah. like look before we delve into your life and your career like 
I want to go into your belief. Like, have you always had a strong belief in yourself? Uh, I did. I feel, I feel like I have. Um, my parents were always very encouraging throughout the years. Uh, and I think there's a lot of trying to figure things out on my own. And, you know, there's always the self-doubt that creeps in there. And, and especially when, when you're exploring a new world and that, that's not necessarily something that you know. Uh, mm. For me, I grew up in, I grew up in a very conservative uh, religious home. And kind of when I started thinking outside that box, um, I kind of threw myself into a world that I didn't know. So I still believed in myself, but a lot of it I didn't know how to function and relate to outside of that world. And so the last however many years have been hacking my way through it, as I did with my career. (laughs) 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 I think that's the only way to go. You just got to like go for it and keep trying and keep figuring it out and and learn as you go yeah yeah and but like you weren't originally a photographer were you no originally i was a graphic designer that's what i went to school for that's what i thought i was gonna be and um i never really had a a strong end vision for it i just and no knew that i enjoyed it and you know maybe i would have a, a design firm one day yeah. I don't know. I like, I didn't have a goal when I found photography. I like I I saw the end. I knew what I wanted. All right. And now that that now that's even, it's evolving. <laughs> and did you just like one? Did, I don't know. Like, did you just like one day, like get into photography and say, all right, this is it. This is what I want to do for the for, for the next I don't know ten years of my life, twenty years of my life. Like, how how did you know that this is something that you were really interested in? Yeah, I mean, that definitely took me, it took me a, a year or two to actually figure out. I was, I had to take a couple photography classes in high school and college as part of the design program. So I was kind of a little bit in, to get familiar with it. And I took about a roll of film a year for a few years because I was poor, as, as any yeah. beginning entrepreneur would be. <laughs> and I couldn't afford to like, Pay to get the film developed, so you know I would save up money just to just to develop it, like the one roll a year. It's funny, I actually just developed a roll that my I found at my parents' house from like 15 years ago, because wow, wow, wow. uh, I didn't have the money to to uh, to develop it back then, and I forgot about it. Um, but back to the transition, it was something that I once digital came out on the on the forefront. I picked up a digital camera, and um, started shooting for my design work because you know client like I was small freelance clients and they didn't want to pay for photography so I would just like go out and shoot you know whatever a ca- candle on a desk or something yeah. and I just started playing around playing around and through some stuff on my website <clears throat> and a uh, an, a buddy of mine got back from a trip to Africa and he's an yeah. IT he's he owns he owns his own IT business and he went out to Africa and and built an IT network for a nonprofit and he was telling me about it and I was like I want to do that that sounds amazing I want to travel and <laughs> and like yeah. help the world or whatever and 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 I didn't uh, I, I thought about it I was like I can't really I don't need to be I can be anywhere and do graphic design so that doesn't really have any I can't really offer that and then I was like well what about photography yeah no idea what I was doing I was like well I ended up pitching my my a nonprofit design client of mine to split the expenses on a trip to Africa, 
um, and build them a photo library for their organization. And surprisingly, they said yes. And I was, <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 but, let's but, do this. But, but why did you do that? Like, why did you just want to, like, why did you want to just go over there and do it? Was it just like the adventure or like? Well, I, I mean, I wanted to travel. I wanted the adventure. I had, you know, my first kind of overseas trip was to Britain, um, like a few years back before that. And I, I definitely have the, had the travel itch and I wanted to explore new countries. And so I was trying to figure out the vehicle to do that. Mm. And it just so happened that photography kind of landed. I mean, you kind of got to be there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put two and two together <laughs> and pitched my <laughs> pitched my design client and and that was kind of where it was it was kind of like a an evolving aha process it just kind of like oh I should do this and then I pitched it and they're like yeah and I was like okay we're doing this I have no clue what I'm doing I got to figure <laughs> out how to do this Right. So I I believed in myself enough <laughs> to know that I could actually figure it out. I didn't know how to do it, but I knew that I could figure it out. And so once they said yes, I started producing the trip, getting in contact with people over there and then starting to talk to anybody that I knew in the photography world to ask them every piece of advice that I could figure out how to, what do I need, what do I need to do, what do I need to take, how do I do this kind of thing. And I ended up going, so I went down to Zimbabwe, Uganda, Kenya and Burundi and changed my life epic trip and then wow. I went to Europe after that so I was gone for about two months but Africa I don't know if you've ever been there no. um, any any developing world country will change the way that you see the world and I didn't even know how to, I couldn't even function when I got back for like four or five months um, because this, yeah the stuff that you see there you it, it changes your frame I mean you know you see a kid you see kids living in a grass hut and just like happy running around with nothing uh, don't even have, like play and kick the can and yeah. and mm. they're happy you know and we come back here and you know people get angry because they can't have a they can't get their latte or whatever and that that kind of that contrast rocks you like for the seeing yeah. it for the first time and so yeah that, I didn't know how to function for a few months afterwards but you know you kind of bounce back you kind of get used to it. you learn how to adjust and kind of how do you fix your adjust your perspective to the actual like space that you're living in mm. Uh, mm. and then it took me another like few months before I actually started to look into photography as a career I really enjoyed that trip and I realized that that um, was a big opportunity but I had no idea that you could even make a living uh, yeah. being a photographer yeah. it was this ambiguous like thing out there um, and so I connected with another photographer just randomly for, I was doing website updates for him. Mm -hmm. And then this was in Seattle because like, I grew up in Seattle. Okay. Right. And, and so him and I started just chatting. I just started emailing him, firing questions and he was like helping me out. And then eventually I, he invited me to come out on set and work with him and, or just hang out and see how it works. And then that was kind of the catalyst for, for me getting into it. Okay. And. But it's like it seems to me like you you've always had this this big vision for your future, like uh, like an underlying vision. Like you've always like dreamed big. Am I am I right or wrong? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, there was definitely like a bigger, maybe it was an anti-society, anti nine to five, like <laughs> against the, the man. Like, I'm with you. The resistance. <laughs> the resistance. Yeah. And that's probably why Fight Club was is probably one of my favorite <laughs> movies, is because it really is that you have to rebel against what society says to be an entrepreneur. Like yeah. you have to believe, believe in yourself and that you can, you don't have to buy into the societal norm of, of a nine to five. And I mean, some people have what it takes and, uh, you know, some people don't, I, maybe it's something that's innate. I, I don't, I still don't know the answer to that question. Um, I, I don't think that you can teach hustle. I think hustle is something that's, that's innately in your body and yeah, hustle yeah. things that, that you get to you from A to B and that helps you go against the grain. But like, let's say someone's listening to this right now and they're having difficulties finding their own like path or passion. Like what, what advice would you give to them? I, th- I think the biggest thing is to figure out what you love to do for free. Like if you didn't, yeah. if you never got paid, what would you do? Think about it. Play around. Experiment. Like, that's another thing. Explore. Adventure. See what what there is out there. What what makes you tick? What makes your you know? What I like to call for me is creative resonance, and that's that feeling that you get when you're creating something that you're like truly passionate about or truly enjoy. Um, it's like that. Uh, if you've ever been in even a great conversation, you feel like a life high. You feel like this like high feeling. It's the same feeling that I get when I create. And you know, I, for me, I know what that is now. But sometimes that takes a little bit of exploring. And I think you have to find that feeling and then build a business around it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Because I mean, look, look at this. Like the the world that we live in is you know. It's, it's very. There's so much opportunity, yeah. and with the with the internet, and I mean, you, you've experienced that you can build something. You can build a business around anything these days, and yeah. virtually from anywhere. So we're we're blessed with that opportunity now. Yeah, definitely. We live in that big day and age. Um, I to- I totally agree with you. Um, I've been living off the internet for the last ten years, so. I think you could live anywhere, um, any country in the whole world and, and connect and do something big. But what's your reason? Like, what's your big why? My big why? Yeah. That's a great question. So the why for the uh, for my mission yeah, in life? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's Nick? Or for my photography. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a step back and let's go, like, with your vision in life. Yeah, I mean, you know, my vision in life is to inspire people to live a creative passion and to create their moments and create their life because it's it's an active and this is something I've kind of recently stumbled on. The whole my my create your moments hashtag that I've been using on Instagram is is really a if you go to createyourmoments.co, you, there's kind of a little like walkthrough of it's a mental process and I want to get people thinking that they they can create their lives by creating their moments and you know it's it's more of an intention it's an intention to say oh i'm gonna go create this moment today whether it's a moment of joy a moment of vulnerability or a moment of risk moments of excitement and moments of adventure travel whatever that is 
I think it's a if you're creating that with intention, mm. then you're gonna, your life is you're going to create more fulfillment in your life. And I want to see people doing that. I want to inspire people that they can create the life that they want. Um, I think I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week a long yeah. time ago, yeah. and that was a big inspiration. Cool. I was already kind of on that track just like doing design and all that stuff. But it just really kind of gave me an articulation and like it reaffirmed the idea of lifestyle design. Like you, you can create whatever life that you want. Mm. You just, you just, you just have to start from the small moments and those small moments lead to bigger moments and lead to a career, lead to whatever you want. And that's I I feel like that's I feel like that's my mission is to kind of spread that yeah. that message. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And um, <clears throat> but like let's say, like, let's say you're starting out and you don't have the money necessarily to 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 pay all your bills and and start this thing on the side, this side hustle, this project that's going to change the world. Um, you know, how do you go about that? How do you how do you juggle or balance both? Yeah, that's the the age the age all question, <laughs> and and I love this question actually because it's it's the biggest thing that you have to. There's so many things you have to jump off. You have to jump off the cliff of fear and and weave the parachute as you're falling. There's yeah. there's never gonna be a safety net. Um, I think the big thing is you you've got to find. I'm I'm actually doing a 15 part mini series on my uh, on my podcast called How to Create a Career in Art. And the first step is you got to find your why, and your why is the passion. If you're talking creativity, creative creative entrepreneurship, yeah. as with any any entrepreneurship, um, your your why is the passion for what you want. And for me, like I love taking photos. I love I, I love that feeling. And that's a thing that I would do for, I do it for free all the time. I would do it for myself. I don't need to get paid. Yeah, I want to get paid, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. it, it, and that's the other side is the, the commerce side that you have to, to create around that. But um, so, finding the why is what's going to drive you to go through the transitions and the sacrifices. So when you find your why, then it's, then it's about finding, it's about finding, everybody has a different set of circumstances, right? So it's yeah. kind of like a puzzle piece. Uh, you're putting a puzzle together. So, um, you know, some people live in more expensive cities. Some people have a wife and kids. Some people are yeah. single. And you got to kind of take all those variables and figure out what you're going to have to give something up. You're going to have to sacrifice something. You know, for me, I sacrificed, you know, I, I wasn't in a relationship. And I lived in Seattle and I, I cut my rent down. I cut my expenses down. And I... I cut as much frivolous stuff out as I can to put all that money, the other money back into my business. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is, is I like to, it's called getting a capital job. I mean, people refer to it in a different way. Um, but a capital job is something where you can make more money with less time, whether it be, uh, you know, bartending or, 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 uh, serving, um, or for me, like luckily I was, I was able to freelance graphic design so I could make money over here but have a flexible schedule to put time into my craft. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the big, the big thing that you're looking for is what is that, 
you know, beyond the, the capital job, you have to have the motivation to, to work on your craft in your time off, you know, no more sitting on sitting around watching TV. You're spending that time practicing whatever it is that you want to be doing because it's, it's, it's gonna, it's a journey. And, you know, for me, it took a few years to actually be, to get, or it took a year or two before I was actually making money doing photography, you know, before it was just all practicing. And it's still like, I never stopped doing that because to get higher up and to the places that I want to be, I have to keep shooting my own work and shooting my own portfolio work. Um, and it's, you're just, it's the same thing from the beginning and and it's really about, um, more money, less time. And so you can put that time and money into your passion and then devour business, learn, learn about business, learn how to create a business around whatever it is that you're passionate about. Mm, mm. And just keep trying, keep trying different things until you, yeah. Yeah. Until you find your passion. Um, I know you're a big fan of, um, Steven Pressfield. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your favorite book of his? Well, I just finished Turning Pro, which is is okay. great. Uh, I mean, The War of Art. Those are the only two I've read, but The War of Art exactly falls into what I was just talking about. And he talks about the resistance, mm-hmm. and the resistance is that thing that keeps you from doing your art. And it's that thing that it's the TV that makes you just sit down and watch TV instead of practicing your art. It's the distractions. It's the, the, everything in your life that takes you away from practicing your actual craft. And the only thing that's going to get you better and get you to the place that you want to be is practicing your craft. Mm. And it takes a long time. It takes a lot of practice. And especially with creativity, with creative um, careers, you have to keep practicing until it's a commercially viable product. And that that takes time, and you know, it kind of goes along with Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hour rules. Like you have to have, you know, to put in ten thousand hours yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. get to the space it, to to where you're actually like in that pro state. And in Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, the resistance is what keeps you from putting those ten thousand hours in. And um, that's why I love his books, is because it really speaks to fighting through that resistance. And getting there and then turning pro is way more about kind of like the the difference between pros and amateurs. And amateurs are the ones that let circumstance rule them. They're the ones that let, you know, that can't overcome or that, that don't that don't overcome the the resistance basically. Yeah. And they, they, they live in that um, they live in that space. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I, I we determined uh, me and my friends, and this might be part of my brand. My I'm I'm working on a lifestyle brand that that's kind of like the legacy of what I'm I'm working on here. But um, we did we call it we call it Wally gagging. Okay. <laughs> so when you're Wally gagging, you're basically just like Wally gagging around life, doing nothing, and like when you're sitting on so much potential. You're just like letting every circumstance around you rule you and, and not, not fighting the good fight and not putting your life into your passion. Okay. So like not living your fullest capability. So wally gagging, procrastinating. Yeah. 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 So no, 
Yeah. No Wally gagging. <laughs> <laughs> got it. I've got it. Um, you've, <laughs> you've worked with like, you've worked with, ce- you've worked with celebrities like, like Justin Bieber. So I want to ask you about that. Um, especially like there was a shot where, which I think was just uh gangster where a paparazzi is taking a photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's a that's a you the photographer yeah (laughs) yeah it was was kind of cool actually i mean i didn't even know so i mean this is back in december he was following me on instagram for a while and and he saw that i was he was saw he saw that i was in town in la and he tracked he tracked my number down and gave me a call because he just like dyed his hair and he wanted to do some new shots and so i ended up yeah so i ended up just like going over to his house so so justin followed you first yeah, yeah he yeah. well he was yeah he was following me for a while and that's how i that's how he saw that i was in town okay and <laughs> i it's that i mean there's a long story like i'm friends with his manager scooter and yeah uh, and scooter's brothers with adam braun who's i've been working with pencils of promise for a long time and yeah it's a whole that's a whole thing but anyways yeah, yeah so we were we, we can talk we, a little, in, we can talk a little bit about pencils of promise later as well um and that okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah but but yeah um what happened so so yeah i mean we were i, I went over to his house and he was yeah. just staying at this house for a couple of months this place is like interstellar looking <laughs> it looked like this it looked like something from interstellar this place is like 60 grand a month Ooh. insane yeah. insane place wow. Wow. <laughs> and yeah yeah and so we were just shooting like so he lives on it was like the backyard is this infinity pool and there's just like canyon on the other side with like other you know kind of mountains or whatever and i didn't even realize that the paparazzi i mean i knew the paparazzi were hanging out down at the bottom of the hill just because like they just wait for they just sit there and wait for him and yeah. it was it's to the point where it's like that kid i mean like they follow him around everywhere. Like he doesn't have a break. Like he he can't even leave his house. Like we were gonna go shit. We were gonna sh- go shoot at a skate park, yeah. and we we're just about to leave. And he was like, Ah, bro, I don't. I had a bad day yesterday. He's like, I just I had eighteen paparazzi following me around everywhere. I just don't feel like dealing with it right now. Sounds. And, it sounds draining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it is. Like yeah. you wonder why you like punched one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can understand why. I mean, if that's your life and you know, part of it you sign up for, but part of it's mm. just like, I mean, it's, it would be so annoying, yeah. so annoying to have to deal with that every day. And so we did the shoe. We just shot out in his backyard, like right on the pool and all that stuff. And then, you know, the next day after he posts these photos, there's this article up on Hollywood Life or something like some some blog about his pal Nick Onkin, photographer, shooting him. Like, <laughs> and then like there's these like so they were like they would like sneak up on the uh, they would like go they they climb the can the mountains oh on, uh, across the canyon oh and use like a big like a super long lens and they're like they're, every time he walks out in his backyard no it's way. like yeah yeah no privacy. No privacy. Yeah, it was yeah. Crazy. fun. It was, it was kind of fun to see. Like, you know, people posting. I'm like, caught by the paparazzi. Well, of course, it's not, it's not a, <laughs> not a very often. It's not a thing that happens very often for me. So, well, I mean, you're the photographer being photographed, so I, I, I think that's that, <laughs> man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What what inspires your photography? Um, I love people. I think I think I'm very inspired by people. I'm very inspired by moments, mm. 
and beauty and travel and new cultures, new experiences. Uh, I mean, travel is the biggest, you know, I think one of the big influences of why I got into photography, mm. which is that Africa trip we were talking about. Uh, and it's like photography's not only been a vehicle to travel, but it's a bit, I, I get to see so much when I'm in a place because most of the times that's what I'm out to do. Mm. And I would do, I would travel. I, when, you know, when I travel, I, I shoot for myself anyways, and it's turned into making money. But then now I'm in, I love shooting influential people. Um, I love shooting beautiful people, beautiful women. Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely definitely a perk of the job, um, and I'm just, I'm attracted to that beauty. And and I think with my podcast, it's given me an opportunity to uh, to be able to sh to connect with my guests and to do take a couple photos of them and kind of tie in what I do. Mm. Granted, now it's not as sustainable. Uh, because it's it's just hard to be in person with everybody, uh, so I'm I'm trying to figure out a solution to that. But mm, mm. Um, but yeah, definitely people. Like I love, I'm just like fascinated by people, and I think that's like a big inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was one of your most favorite countries around the world that you visited? Oh man, I've been to almost seventy countries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so like let's say continent continent i love asia asia i mean antarctica was amazing as well don't get me wrong that's definitely up there on the on the list sure. i love asia because the cultures are so different from place to place mm. the food is generally a lot better um but the 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 indigenous people in in asia are very it's like interesting the way they dress the what they eat the you know kind of like the way they live it's all different from one place. Japan is different from from India. Is different from mm. Thailand. Different from Laos and Mongolia and Nepal and Tibet. Is a super fascinating place to visit. Um, I did a whole project on the Tibetan pilgrims, the pilgrimage out there, mm. uh, where they travel. They do this prostration. They go like this, 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 and then all the way to the ground. They get back up. They take three steps. And they do it all over again, a step and repeat for two years of their life. It's a, it's like two thousand kilometers, and wow, wow. they can't they camp on the side of the road every day, and they do it on the side of the road. It's literally it's like one of the most craziest thing I've ever seen, next to Varanasi, India. That's another crazy <laughs> place. So it's it's like a religious uh, ceremony, right? Yeah, it's it's Buddhist. It's a uh, Buddhism is about repetition. Hmm. It's about ma the mantra and and the repetition of that prostration is is kind of the, it's the mental marathon I think of getting there. You know, and I think that's the beauty of being a, an entrepreneur because you can just pick up, you know, travel the world, do do whatever you want. I mean, especially in your case, since you're a photographer, but. Um, you're given that flexibility to just pick up and leave instead of being like caught up working and in one location, um, sort of thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I can definitely travel and I mean, I have two employees now that work for me in the office, hmm. which actually, if I, if I was to like do it over again, I would have invested in, in having assistance earlier on in my career. I was just, uh, you know, I was just fighting 
the the idea of spending money on it. Um, but little did I realize, like everything's progressing even more and faster. Having somebody, having people that are keep the engine going while I'm traveling, because when I travel, when I was traveling, everything would just stop and slow down because I would have to do it all myself. Um, and it's all the stuff that I don't really necessarily need or want to do. Um, because I need, it's about time allocation, you know, and the, the higher, the more you grow as an entrepreneur, the more you want to keep doing the top level stuff so that you're, you're making the bigger vision happen. You're making the bigger deals happen and you need a team to help execute that. And, you know, when you're having, when you have assistants that can, whatever, make the blog posts or, pro, you know, for me, processing images, making blog posts, doing all this stuff that frees up my time to be out shooting and to be out doing meetings and to be out connecting with people mm. and creating and, and, and that's where I need to be. So that's, that's kind of like the phase that I'm in now is learning how to allocate that, uh, allocate that time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like mastering the art of delegation, right? Is that important? Oh, completely. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just talking to this guy yesterday, uh, Dale Partridge actually. Okay. And yeah. Um, people over profit. He, yeah, he's just got a book out. Yeah, yeah, that's who I was just interviewing yesterday. Yeah, uh, oh, great, great guy, great, great idea. And we were talking about he was he just mentioned um, it's like do what you do best and delegate the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I live I live by that. Like I don't I'd re if somebody's better at something than I am, I'd rather have I'd rather pay them to do it so that it's better. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and uh, when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, you kind of got to do everything yourself yeah. um, and figure out where you can bring the most value and then where you're better off hiring somebody out. But also, also the thing I think as an entrepreneur, you got to see, you got to assess where you're the best at and where other people are best at so that you can bring in other people. Then, you know, you're going to be the, the greater, the greater sum of what you create and who you bring in. I want to talk a little bit about mentors and how mentors have helped shape your career. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I never really had any direct mentors. There was a couple mentors, like the guy that I was talking about, mm -hmm. and he was more like the catalyst um, and the eye-opener. Uh, yeah. That kind of like opened my eyes to the financial possibilities of being a photographer. Okay. And just that he was the guy that was like, you need to be doing this. You're a way better photographer than your designer. Um, and he kind of taught me, you know, he showed me the basics, stuff like that. There was another guy that I was hanging out with when I lived in Paris. And, you know, he would, he was, he had a, he was from Seattle and he would go back and forth. But we hung out a little bit more on a friend's level, but I would ask him questions kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's really actually hard to find like a, an actual mentor in the photography world because, I think it's very competitive yeah. and, and especially stylistically, um, you know, you, you start to compete with people and, and, and different things. And I, you know, I, I definitely believe in mentoring people myself and, and that's kind of why I started the blog and the podcast a long time ago. Um, and then I have my guys that work for me that I also mentor myself. So I think mentorship is definitely important. Hmm. Um, and I, I would love a, men a, a mentor myself. They're just hard to find <laughs> in, in this yeah. space, in, in the photography space. They're very hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, as you said, it's super competitive. So, yeah, they don't want to give away their tricks, their secrets, their insider no- yeah. knowledge. Um, but, like, you don't necessarily need a mentor f- within the same industry, do you? Um, um, I mean, I think with photography, it's a very specific industry. It's a very business to business. It's There is a rung. But I think most people get their mentorship by assisting uh, and by assisting, you can watch people. And most, most of the times, and, and I find this with myself, when people come and work hard for me, then I'm more than happy to like mentor them and like, and pour out, um, my knowledge to them and see them, uh, because it's kind of a two way street, you know, like they're, they're helping me and I'm helping them. And, you know, my guys here in the office get, you know, they come in and they work and, and they get a little bit of a lower, um, salary but they're learning every day and they're getting on set something i never had when i was starting out Mm. you know to be able to work on big sets and and to see what a a photographer in new york does that was that was light years away from what i had um i was begging to get on sets to to like see um but none of there was nothing big happening in seattle Mm. you know nothing like this the sets that i do now or like I'm in charge of like 20, 30 people and we're like full production and you know, it's, it's big. Like I was never able to, to see that only a couple of times. Um, so I think that's important, you know, and, and for, to get on as an assistant, but you know, then there again, like people are going to hire good assistants. So that's a whole, then people get stuck in, in the assisting career and, and kind yeah. of yeah. get in that groove. Yeah, yeah. Do you meditate? Um, I don't, but that's kind of on the, the next thing on my <laughs> list to tackle. Um, I've kind of been looking into it lately. I've got a lot of friends that do it and, um, I hear really good things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's something that, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to f- seek out the right opportunity in the right, um, space to do it. Yeah. Cool. Or to, oh. to learn it, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there are definitely a lot of benefits with it. Um, but Having said that, like, what are some of your daily rituals? And I mean, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question because like, especially now, like now in life, and that's a big part of my podcast and like, and the, my brand vision is it's about life optimization and, and personal development. And like these rituals are very, um, very important thing. And for me, uh, I, when I wake up, except for this morning, <laughs> I typically wake up and I work out and I, I listen to a podcast while I'm working out. I work out in my house. I, I have like a kind of a 25 minute, um, different sets of plyo trainings that I do. Um, I, I don't like to go to the gym. I hate going to the gym cause I feel like it takes too much time, mm. but I definitely feel like I need to work out and I like working out because it kind of gives me like a, it keeps me in shape and it allows me to eat more, (laughs) which I love to do. And, but also it just kind of gets, it it clears your mind. It kind of like gets you in a, in a better state. And so I wake up, I, I, uh, I work out and while I work out, I listen to a podcast. Um, so what, what, so what are some of your favorite podcasts? Like what would you listen to? Um, I listen to Lewis Howes, uh, School of Greatness, uh, Jordan Harbinger, Art of Charm. Okay. 
Um, all these guys are friends of mine, funny enough. Um, <laughs> sometimes I listen to, to uh, Tim Ferriss's um, podcast. Sometimes I listen to my own podcast, A, because I love the guests that are on my podcast, and B, like I get to like kind of see where I can improve. Yeah. And work, working out is the only time that I can actually, I only really have to listen to podcasts. So okay. it seems like one a day. Um, and, and who else? And, okay. What's that? Yeah. Maybe James Altucher. I don't know. I'm just throwing that in. Do you, have you heard yeah, I have. I think I've heard one or two of his. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this new guy, Jason Gaynard, he's got one called Mastermind Talks. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Uh, but he he does this uh, mastermind talks retreat like once a year. And it's right, like cool. a five thousand five thousand dollar buy in <laughs> and and invite only. Uh, but he's okay. got I mean he he has everybody like Lewis and Tim Ferriss everybody comes and and speaks there. Right, so that's kind of like those are the podcasts I listen to. And then after I'm done working out, I have a I have this I usually drink a protein shake in the morning. But I've got like all these like natural things. And then uh, sometimes. Sometimes I do uh, I do morning pages, okay. which is just kind of like a page of like free flow writing and uh, something I picked up from The Artist Way, which is a book um, I read part of. But it's just kind of like it's about like writing just whatever's without editing, just writing whatever's on your mind to get you into a state of flow, creative mm -hmm. flow. Mm -hmm. um, and also for me, I've been kind of kind of shifting that into writing about what I like, you know, things that I'm grateful for and just kind of getting my mind into that, that mindset for the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it, uh, I think it kind of propels that and I'm kind of working on, I've got, I'm working with a life coach on the law of attraction and just kind of like mm. creating thought patterns that are positive and less, least resistant because that's what it's going to attract the things that you want into your life. So I use that as part of that. And then, yeah, what else? Usually, uh, then I just hop downstairs, get to work, um, with the guys and they come in at like 10. Okay. So that's, that's, that's an average day when I'm at home and then all that goes out the door when I'm traveling. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like all up in the air, right? <laughs> the, yeah. Then every, every day is different. I'm, I'm on a plane. I'm like in a different city. I'm in a different time zone. Usually I'm out late yeah. and I'm getting up. Yeah. So it's, it's all different when I'm traveling. Yeah, sure. Um, and like getting into that creative flow, I mean, so you've got a, you've got rituals just for yourself and to get into that creativity, right? Um, which is exactly what you do with your um, morning flow. But is there anything else? Like, would you take pictures? Would you wake up and f and go to the camera? Um, I typically don't. You know, what's funny is like some there's some days I don't even touch the camera. Really? Most of the days I don't even touch the camera. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, my iPhone is my more my everyday camera when I'm out and about, but it's not something that I just wake up and start taking photos. All right. It's, I've never been the guy that's like carries a camera around everywhere. I, I, well, I guess I take that back. I do now because I have an iPhone. Um, yeah. And I, my iPhone is, it's got such a great camera on it that that's what I use as mm -hmm. my, my everyday camera. But that's kind of a funny question because I, <laughs> I never, <laughs> you know, it's usually when I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I'm working. Um, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm shooting, 
And when I'm off, I'm I'm not I'm not really. So, so it's like you know when to switch off and when to switch on. When you're working, you have the camera. When you're not, mm -hmm. you're doing other things. For your, yeah. Yeah, for your brand and yeah. What, yeah. What's been like? What's been one of the, your biggest failures that you could share? Have there been any? Biggest failures. Um, I haven't really like. I mean, I guess that's a hard question. I was trying to think of this the other day, and I totally failed on answering this question. <laughs> uh, I I think there's been a lot of things that just haven't worked. Um, and then I just, if they don't work, I just move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's been a lot along the way, but I tend to forget them, you know? Mm. Um, and not for the sake that I don't want to answer this question. I just don't want to, I, I, I literally, I like, I would have to sit, I, I should probably sit down and think about what my biggest failure was so that I have an answer for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. May, look, maybe you haven't had any, or, you, or you've had them, but you've got a different mindset where uh, you've learnt more from what you went through, and then you're just not focusing on on it being a failure. It's been more like a stepping stone. Yeah, I think that's probably more the case. It's like if something doesn't work, okay, something doesn't work, I just move on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of a a, a good gauge of. Um, I think it was a Seth Godin's book. It was called The Dip, hmm. right? And he talks about like if something's not working for a while, like examine and know when to like just cut your losses. Um, and I've, I've had a few things where I've just had to like cut my losses and or maybe it's an attention span thing too. Maybe I just like uh, there's certain things that just aren't working and then I forget about them and I don't hmm. And, hmm. I, and I move on naturally. All right. How, how do you steal like an artist? How do you steal? That's a great question. And one of my favorite books, actually, Austin Kleon. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's no ideas that are new. Everything is, is taken from something else. And, you know, the whole idea is of you're not really stealing. You don't want to, you, you steal like flavors and you steal different things mm -hmm. so that you can add them into your own work. And, Something like I love this idea, the idea of idea sex, right? You have, you have two different DNAs. It's like making a child, right? You have you steal from one idea and another idea to create a completely new idea that has DNA from both and creates a whole new child. Mm. And I, I think that's the idea of stealing like an artist is is that you're you're pulling things that you like from um from work that you like and that my latest episode that I just uh, dropped this, uh, this week in that series is called deconstruct. And it's about looking at work that you, that resonates with you mm -hmm. and pull it and pulling or stealing elements from that work. You know, for photography, for me, it's about looking at a photograph and saying, okay, I love this person's work. I love, the way they direct, I love the styling that they chose, I love the location, I love the talent, I love the props, uh, I love the color. Okay, mm -hmm. so how do I take those, how do I steal those elements and integrate it into my concept? I'm not gonna go plagiarize and do the same exact photo, what would be the point of doing that? Because um, it's already been done, but yeah. I, can steal, I can steal elements that, that I'm attracted to and integrate that into my own work and 
then when I integrate in my own work, I'm going to take, that's going to come from my own DNA and I'm going to complete create something completely different. Hmm, interesting. So yeah, I think that's the concept. What do you think? What are your thoughts about people that use recreational drugs and think that that's enhancing their creativity? Um, it very well might work for some people and I think yeah. you got to figure out what works for you. I mean, I've never really done that stuff. Um, I've, I've smoked a little, little ganja, but I don't really do it often cause it, it knocks me out. I'm like, it's more of, <laughs> it's like lights out for me. So there's not really much point. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, if, if that excels, if that, if that's a source of creative inspiration, then explore that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Hmm. Um, let's let's now go into like giving back, and you have a big philosophy of giving back. I mean, without expecting anything in return, of course. Um, you've, yeah. You've given a lot, like to Pencils of Promise. You've helped out a lot of organizations. I mean, your career started that way in Africa. Yeah. Um, I'm a big. I'm a big believer in giving back and without the inception of wanting something in return. And you can always tell when somebody is like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and ever since, <laughs> so, but ever since that first trip to Africa, I, I, I've always kind of felt it in my DNA, A, because I feel grateful to be doing what I'm doing. I feel, I, I feel grateful that I can click a trigger and make a, a, a button and make money. And, you know, I feel like giving back is something that I always want to to be a part of. And now it's even become more apparent in my life. But I started like six years ago. I met Adam Braun through a mutual friend. And this is when he had built one school and he just get the organization started. And we totally clicked. And, you know, we I believed in him because he had a, he has a bleeding heart for the cause and a business mind to build the business. So I knew, and he, and and he appreciated, I knew he appreciates what I do. Um, and I knew that it would get a lot of exposure. I knew that he would do well. Um, I mean, he's like an amazing entrepreneur. If you want to study entrepreneur, like that, this guy, like Adam Braun's amazing. Hmm. And, he and I, and this is like, and he was still working at Bain Consulting at this time. And, this is like the the, the 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 wild frontier days of Pencils of Promise, and we, he was like, "Hey, I'm going to uh, Laos in December. I can't pay for you. I can't pay you, but you're welcome to meet up with us. Meet up with me if you want." Um, I was like, "All right, let's do this." So I I bought a ticket out there, mm-hmm. met up with him, turned down a couple jobs, bought bought a ticket, and flew out there and met up with him in December, and we traveled for like six days, and we just had a. Uh, a blast. I mean, it was it was the beginning days. We tried like this uh, woman Leslie. She had just moved to Laos and was just randomly connected with Adam. And us three traveled for like six days through the the jungles of Laos. You know, motorcycles and boats and created a whole set of yeah. It was, yeah. It was amazing. Created a whole set of branding imagery for them that they used to catalyze the whole uh, launch of uh, Pencils of Promise. And now Leslie, she's running all of um, the programs for Pencils of Promise. And I've been working with Pop since the beginning. And I never need. I never gave a thought to it. I just I, I knew I wanted to 
to be able to give back with my talent um, uh, because that's what I had. I didn't have necessarily have the money, but mm. I had the talent that I could give back pro bono. And so that's kind of been I, I'm, a vision of mine is to do at least one pro bono job a year, if not more. Um, and it's given back to me. I mean, I, that's how I met Justin and Scooter and all those guys and Adam, you know, he'd wanted to, you know, six months after we got back from Laos, he was like, Hey, check it out. My brother found this kid on the internet. His name's Justin Bieber. He's going to be huge one day. I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I've never even heard of this kid. And then a year or two later, the kid's the biggest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, a couple of years later, there like I got to meet I ended up meeting Scooter and then uh from there I'm like you know then I ended up shooting Justin I ended up like meeting Usher and like all these like really cool people and it's just given back to me in ways that I can't even I would have never even imagined and mm. you know so I think I think it's a good idea to give back without any pretense of trying to get anything in return I also think it's good to like pick and choose where you give back to yeah um and uh, you know, be careful with that. But I think, you know, if you're sending out the vibration of giving, you're going to get more in return. I th- and that goes with even like the interns that I have in my office. If, if you come in hardworking, ready to give, you know, to bring it to the table, you're going to get more knowledge. You're going to, I'm going to be more open to sharing. I'm going to be, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, I think it's a vibrational thing. I think it's going to like amplify. Mm. And I think, I think giving, um, amplifies that. Correct. What would you like your legacy to be? Uh, my legacy. I I I want to see people uh, creating their lives and knowing that they can do that. That that believing in themselves and knowing that they can have and create the life that they want. Hmm. What's next for Nick Onken? Uh, what's next? I mean, there's so many things that are next, um, building my photography career, but I'm also, you know, I'm building the podcast and creating a bigger, bigger platform with that. Um, and then I'm, I'm working on a lifestyle brand of, uh, uh, where I'm kind of, it's going to be like, uh, it's going to be kind of a movement of, um, it's called neon and it's, uh, it's about, like kind of a positive rebellion and living life in color and kind of finding the people in this world that want to change the world through their art and through positivity. And we're going to be making, doing all kinds of cool capsule collections and collaborations and, and shirts and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's kind of a way to embody that message. Man, is there anything else just before we wrap up? Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with everyone watching, listening Mm. Um, I think yeah, I think you asked some pretty good questions. I think go out there and you know go out there and create your moments and and create your life and live life in color. Like explore your passion, uh, explore your passion, live your truth. Thanks, brother. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you've loved this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It will mean the world to me and you'll be spreading the message of believe. I'm Sam Barry and I've enjoyed spending this time with you today. Please send me an email, sam at sambarry.com and let me know what your challenges are. 
Let me know how I can help you achieve greatness in your life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Don't forget to subscribe and believe.